Yeah, me too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly show of What is School for? My name is I AI. I'm the host of this weekly live streaming show. You can also listen to us on the traditional audio-only podcast. Just search What is School for? On this show, I interview leading education professionals, teachers, students, parents, entrepreneurs, business leaders to come here to discuss. Debate and disrupt education. Our goal is to future-proof the next generation. And today we are talking about one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people on LinkedIn. <laughs> so we are discussing soft skills with a soft skill expert, which is、uh, Toby Goldstein. And、uh, Toby and I have been connecting on LinkedIn quite, for quite some time. I really, really love her content. And Toby is a soft skill expert, trainer, consultant. She's also the founder of her own company, Bite Size Workshops, which I love. You know who has time for like hour long, two hour, three hour workshops anymore? And、uh, and oh, we already have some friends here. Hey, Itzy. Yeah, really excited to talk about this topic. I mean. Many of you know my story. I taught in the classroom for almost two decades. I have worked with more than two thousand students, and one thing that almost all the students share in common is that they do not have those important soft skills to succeed in life, to land a job, to find an internship. So I'm really excited to learn more from Toby and how, as parents and educators. We can really help our children develop those important soft skills like communication, you know, regulating their own emotions, especially negative emotions, and so much more. And we're going to share with you resources and tips and exercises that you can implement at home right away. And Toby actually has four children herself. I was actually shocked to discover that because she's always so calm. So like, just like I don't feel like she had kid, but clearly I was strong. So really excited to learn from her. And as always, the show is sponsored by Streamyard, my favorite third-party tool to go live. I have been a live streamer for three plus years, and I have tried almost all the third-party tools out there to go live. And Streamyard is my all-time. Favorite. I have a discount code in the comment section if you are interested, or if you have any question about live streaming and Streamyard, feel free to message me. And we are live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitch. And let me know in the comment section where you guys are joining us live from, social media wise and geographically speaking. Without any further ado, my friend, welcome to the show. Hi! I am so excited. There's so much to talk about. I know, super excited. We have quite a few friends here. I'm really, really excited. Hi, yeah, Hi, yeah, joining us live from、uh, Australia, early morning, one or two a.m. So thank you so much. So share with us, Toby. What inspired you to pursue a career in soft skills, and what is your story? Great question. So. You, you would want to start and say, "Hey, Toby, did you ever dream you're going to go into soft skills?" My answer would be, "Like, absolutely not. What are soft skills? Who would need something <laughs> soft skills?" So, just going back to my story, was I was introduced to soft skills without knowing that they were soft skills. I was working two stories, love story time. I was working with a group of juniors and seniors. We were setting them up for internships. 
out to during the summer. They were college and high school juniors and seniors. We were sending them out to go work in the summer and intern at various sites to try to see if this is an area that they would like to work at. And what was very interesting was we collected data throughout. We collected data before they went to work, while they were working, and after work. And I had a wonderful pool of students out there working. And what was very interesting was that, unfortunately, I had assumed that those students that had been doing extremely well in school, great GPAs and all, mm. would just like slide through the internships and come out on the top with everybody, you know, cheering them on. And I was surprised because when I had interviewed their colleagues and I had interviewed their bosses, and I also had noticed that not all of them had gotten offers for jobs when they completed the internship. Mm. So that threw me off. I was like, what's going on over here? We had assumed this that they're going to do so well. Like, take a look at our, you know, our yearbooks and what we expect where everybody's going to be in 10 years. A lot of times you're surprised, but I'll tell you what the answer is. You know it, soft skills, mm -hmm. right? So it was those that had the soft skills. They were the ones who got the internships. They were the ones who really did well at the internship sites. And the question really was, how? What was it that made them do so much better when somebody's coming in with a 4.0 GPA versus somebody with a much lower GPA? And the question, and the answer was, is the way they interacted with one another, the way they communicated, the creativity skills, the time management. So all of that was so much more important to the companies than to that person's GPA. Amen. Wonderful story, set it aside. I mean, I mean, that work. yeah, I, like you dropped so much value already. I worked with, uh, I'm still working with so many parents and oftentimes, especially when we have that initial call, like parents, they always feel this pressure to talk about their children's GPA, which is, you know, in the U.S., great academic performance, great point average. I think it is so interesting as if that thing is defining who they are, their potential, their future. But you and I, we know it's like what you have shared, your GPA is not what is going to give you like success in life, you know, to really help you go far in life. So really, really powerful. Thanks for sharing those personal stories. So like reflecting on your success, right? What a like surprising journey. So can you share with us how has, you know, mastering all those important soft skills has really helped you get to where you are today? And if you can be specific with us, what are some specific soft skills that you have truly mastered, you are really good at, that really helps you? That's a good question and a personal one, but let's get personal over here. <laughs> Is it too personal? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I actually am not from the States. I moved to the States. And the transition was somewhat difficult for me coming in from a different culture. Yes, I did speak English, but the mentality and culture is extremely different. So at a young age, I was actually a teenager at that point. I was about, I think, 13 years old when we had moved. I had noticed that students' classmates may be different from me. And the way to interact with them and build solid relationships with them. So I was being an observer on the side and I was, you know, trying and testing to see how can I relate to them when I'm so completely different from them. Mm -hmm. And I had noticed, you know, my communication and just building those relationships are extremely important. Let's fast forward when I started working. I was in college part time and I went straight for a job. I started when I was about 
I was 19 years old when I actually started teaching. And then at 20 years old, I applied to work at a nonprofit organization. Now, interestingly, they hired me. I was 20 years old. They did not know how old I was, but I did look like I was 20. So I guess they would have assumed. But I had aced that interview and they put me into a senior management position. And I did my job. I loved my job. Four years down the line, I was overseeing a large budget and I was working with the CFO of the company. And I just mentioned how old I was. It came out and she's like, oh my gosh. I was like, I know. Why am I here doing this when I'm, you know, pretty young and you would expect that somebody else would be in my position. And then as you know it, I walked into the executive director's office and I asked her, let me just ask you one question. Why did you hire me over all those people that came in with the credentials? And she told me as is, she said, Toby, you aced your interview. Wow. So I am going to thank soft skills for that. Yeah, that's amazing. And even in fact, before we went live and Toby and I were actually talking about this Adobe study, which I shared on the show multiple times. And the number one skill that really gets students enrolled in really good colleges is their ability to, you know, ace their interviews, whether or not, right? So it is such an important skill, really, really interesting. And so as we're talking about soft skills, can you like, I feel like all of a sudden, you know, soft skills have become really popular. And last year I write uh, like global talent report published on LinkedIn, I think by LinkedIn Learning. And they highlighted three major trends that are really shaping today's and tomorrow's workplace. And the number one is soft skills. Uh, really interesting. So I have a few questions for you. The first one is define soft skills for us. You know, what on earth are soft skills? What do they mean exactly? Why are they called soft? When exactly. They're so exactly. Right. When they are so important and all the studies are showing that they are more important than hard skills. Then why are they being labeled as soft? Right. When you say soft, people just, oh, you know, parents are not, they don't care about it. Students, like, oh, you know, so yeah, explain to us. Yeah, so the term soft actually comes from the army. The army had done a study in regarding regarding the different skill sets needed. And there was a cohort in the army that had done so much better than the other cohorts. And they had actually noticed that it was the soft skills that had raised this cohort above their colleagues in which they were doing so much better in the leadership position and all. And what was interesting is how they labeled and collected the data. data. They collected the hard skills, which they considered hard because it was much more technical computer machinery so all this comes to mind as hard things that they are going to use the soft skills which was something that they had a hard time naming what exactly is it at this point we are much clearer with it and we can just say communication but at that point they had a hard time putting that a little bit in the pigeonhole of what it is and they gave it the universal term of soft skills generally soft skills are any skill that you're going to use to interact either with yourself or with others. So that could be communication, that would be time management. Creativity is a big soft skill because you need that creativity, there we go, to interact, you're using those skills. And interestingly, creativity is built a lot, not just within oneself, how do people come become creative? They're seeing around, they're taking a look at other people's ideas, you build upon ideas, I always say meetings are a great way to build creativity, great way to build that communication. But these are the soft skills. And at this point, yes, we could divide them very easily what soft skills are. 
There is something though that I want to mention that some of us are born stronger in different soft skills than others. So to say time management is considered a soft skill. Some of us are great at managing our time. Like no problem. What's the problem? Why'd you waste that whole day? Oh my gosh, I would never do that, right? So some of us are much better when it comes to soft skills. Some of us need to learn to hone these skills. And the beauty about soft skills is everybody can learn it. Everybody can hone it. IQ plays zero role. No GPA involved over here. Soft skills could be worked on. Soft skills can be built when you really are focused and you know what you want to go ahead to work on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I so agree. I so agree. I also, like you, I came from a different culture to the United States when I was very young. I think it was definitely my soft skills, my ability to navigate in very emotionally challenging from a totally different country, culture, language to, you know, to to build a, a career, a home, a family. And here it is tough. And I have to say soft skills, building relationships and like managing relationships and reading social cues. Oh, my God makes a huge difference for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think like all of a sudden like soft like on the one hand, it's really interesting, right? Almost uh, paradoxical. On the one hand, you have AI, technology, they become more and more dominant in our society, right? On the other hand, I feel like particularly recently, there is this strong emphasis on soft skills and they seem to be on like two extreme situations. So why do you feel like all of a sudden soft skills have become so much more important? Like people are actually talking about it a lot more than before. You just answered it because technology has become so predominant. Everybody's on their cell phones. Mm. Everybody's busy. Everybody is, you're not focusing inwards. You're not communicating. You don't have those conversations. My biggest complaint that I tell parents, I said, make sure you converse with your child. Don't instruct. Don't tell them what to do. Mm. Have a conversation. Not a yes or no, or do A, B, C, and D. Go to bed, brush your teeth, make your bed, clean up your toys. No, no, no have that conversation. And nowadays people are so busy, whether that will be with technology out there or whether that will be is our lives are very busy. You know, people are working from nine to five, even if they're not working from nine to five, it's taking care of all the other responsibilities that we have nowadays. And therefore we need these soft skills to hold us together. Just to add to that really, it's because things are so predominantly technology based, we need that human component to feel that, to build that relationship. Ask any salesperson out there, sales has become harder, but in a way easier. When they're focusing on that human, sales happen, mm-hmm. right? When you're just focusing on technology, we have the best technology and you're constantly emailing without building relationship, things are not going to happen. And because people crave, people are social creatures. We need that relationship. And if we don't build those relationships, it's totally, issue. totally uh, reminds me of what uh, uh, Brian Hammer always uh, preaches, you know, H to H, human to hi- human, not B to B, not B to C, but actually human to okay. human. Totally. That's why I love running my shows. Actually, I shared with uh, Toby before I went live, many of my clients actually come from my shows, even though they don't really engage with me. They watch my show, they really get to know me at a human level. So very interesting when they 
reach out to me. They already know so much about me, what I do, my history, my pregnancy, everything. I was like, oh my God, where did you even learn that? So really, really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So here's a, a great question from Pooja, joining us live from India. Thank you so much, my friend. So good to see you again. And she asked, she's a young professional, how to better, how to be better at leadership, which I she thinks is a very important soft skill because she wants to lead others, which is great. You should definitely do that so that they choose what they love, not what others suggest. I mean, what a great question, right? Like I feel like many of us, until we reach that mid-age crisis, and I realize, at least in my case, oh my God, is this, is this my life or my advisor's life, right? Or my parents' life. So what's your answer to that question? So that's a great question. Leadership is known as a soft skill. Not everybody has that soft skill, but everybody can hone that soft skill, going back to the beauty of soft skills. So generally, it's taking that step back and asking yourself, I want to build the relationships, right? Which is going to be that soft skill. Communication is going to play a very strong role over here. Now, communication comes in many different in formats. And I would say one of them is feedback, right? You're going to be giving that feedback. You're going to be giving constructive feedback. Not only that, you're going to have that conversation with them. You're going to have that active listening. Hear what they're telling you. Active listening does not mean that you're just listening. It's you're internalizing what is being said. You're understanding. You're taking everything into consideration. People can tell you that they love applesauce and they're busy choking. What's the answer? Do they love applesauce? No, it's the body language that's telling you that. So that falls under communication, which is going to be your leadership skills. You build your communication, you're going to become a better leader. I do want to build, tie this in a minute into education, mm -hmm. leaderships, workforce. But this doesn't mean this is not relevant for parents, for teachers, for educators. You are leaders, right? And as I mentioned before, that conversation, or to have a conversation with your child, with your students, with your colleagues and with your employees is so important. Have a conversation. Yeah. You're talking to them should not just be instruction or direction. Do this, do that. You're going to build your leadership. You're going to build your relationship when you're focusing on your communication skills over there. I love it. I love it, which is something that I reflect all the time in terms of my own parenting. It, it is much easier for me to coach other people's children. It is much much harder to work with my own children. I have discovered that. So I'm constantly working on my skills instead of just commanding, like, hey, do this, as you mentioned earlier, but actually have a conversation with them and listen and collaborate, which is hard, but like really, really important. And you want the other person to feel like that my voice is being valued. I think that's a great trait of being a leader, not just like dictator, right? But actually yeah. more so collaborator. Yeah, never split the difference. The book by Chris Voss, it's interesting how he talks heavily about that you know, book. the workforce. It's amazing. That book is amazing. It's Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. But generally, it's I find it working so well for parents also. You want your child to get to bed? How are you going to tell them going to bed? Are you going to tell them bedtime or even sweetie bedtime? Right? <laughs> so that's going back to what your conversation, what your communication looks like. And that's going to play in your soft skills tremendously. Yeah, yeah, like this is so good. I wonder if we can, like, I think it's much easier, right? When everything's, when everyone's happy, when everything's peaceful, we can talk about having a conversation. But how about emotionally challenging 
stressful situations you have worked with so many schools and students so can you give us some examples maybe with your own children or with the students or staff educators that you have worked with so i'm curious in those emotionally challenging situations how do you apply your soft skills to navigate through those situations and get the problems solved without you know hurting the team or hurting each other things like that which people tend to do right when we get really emotionally triggered and charged i always like to share that managers lead with emotion and leaders lead with thought sometimes is you have to take yourself out of the picture it can't mm -hmm. be emotionally charged to deal with the situation Sometimes it's best to answer in five minutes than in the moment, mm -hmm. right? Because in the moment, it's emotion. Five minutes is like, hey, I thought that through, right? So even telling them, give me five minutes just to think about it, or telling your child, your child did something that had upset you, is yes, you constantly hear, take that deep breath, walk away. But that is the answer, is you mm -hmm. don't want to lead with your emotion. You are a human being. Human beings have emotions. You should be feeling your emotions. I guess anger is an emotion and it's perfectly okay to feel anger, mm -hmm. to feel angry. The question is, is what are you going to do about it? And children and your colleagues and your employees are going to see how you're dealing with your emotions, right? I am angry. Something had triggered me. What am I going to do? How am I going to take that step to respond? And currently something pretty relevant now is we have noticed a lot of trauma with children because of the situations, right? So the question is, is take yourself out of the situation and ask yourself, do I know what the child is going through? Do mm -hmm. I have a clear understanding? And you may or may not, but knowing that you don't have a clear understanding is going to help you deal with that situation. So it's always taking a look at that complete picture. Take your emotions out. If you can't take your emotions out, try not to deal with it at the moment because emotions are going to give you decisions based on the heart versus more on the logic. You want to deal with your heart, but you need your head as well. You cannot just deal with, I am angry, so I'm going to fight, or I am going to yell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's why I feel like as you're, you're talking about creativity and soft skills, I truly believe those skills are like our muscle, right? We go to the gym, we have to be constantly working on them to develop our soft skills muscle, emotional intelligence muscle. And uh, yeah, like I feel this is something that we need to first be aware of and then continue to work on it to develop that muscle so we can be better at handling. It's the modeling makes a huge difference over here. And people yeah. are watching you at all times. And interestingly, a lot of people just, I'm sorry, am I cutting you off? No, go ahead. It's just a lot of people ask me, and it's a question I get all the time. Toby, you deal with employers and the workforce and with students and college students what made you work with the early childhood setting as well? I deal heavily in the early childhood field. And my answer is, is because early childhood is laying the foundation. Mm -hmm. When you're teaching a child to shear, you're teaching them the negotiation skills that they are going to use later on, whether that will be in a relationship or whether that will be in a job. You're giving them that basic foundation. And what really triggered me into that soft skills, we spoke about how I was introduced to soft skills, was I was working with a group of teachers and we were just talking and I was giving a workshop and we were talking a little bit about the importance of emotional regulation. And as we were talking, we we're telling, you know, I was telling them how to deal with emotional regulation with children. It's okay, children should, you know, they feel sad at times. You're never gonna tell a child, don't feel sad. What do you mean don't feel sad? The child is feeling sad. Don't tell a child, don't feel sad. 
right? <laughs> Help the child work through that particular emotion. So we were having this very vibrant, great conversation. And then one of the teachers over there, we were a group of about 14, 15 staff members. One of the teachers piped up, I don't understand what you're talking about, Toby. When I get angry, I get so, so angry. Everybody knows, walk around eggshells around me. And I was, uh. <laughs> just my sauce, I was like, okay, one minute, I, I need a minute. If there goes my sauce, goes bouncing. I didn't want to respond with my emotion at that point, but I had to really process, what is she saying? And it hit me that we have sometimes people educating our children, whether that would be parents, colleagues, you know, anybody out and around, and they can't regulate their emotions properly, or they don't have the skills. And that's when it hit me tremendously is we got to start young. She was in mm-hmm. school once, also this teacher, but was never given that basic skill. Absolutely. Our next generation. And that's what's like, okay, so we back to work, you're focusing heavily, you know, teaching and giving those the skills for the, the basic foundation of soft skills. Totally. And I want to, what a great example. I want to go back to the example. And so if a kid or teenager, doesn't matter their age, or if a person is feeling really sad, so we shouldn't say, don't feel sad, right? So which way tend to do, like stop crying. Oh my God. And so what should we say instead? How can we facilitate that conversation give us some examples i see you feeling sad my daughter was this was actually she she was a little bit nervous we went to the doctor's office and she needed to take a throat culture so i'm just going to take a different emotion is that okay yeah, <laughs> so yeah instead yeah. of telling her don't be a baby or it's not going to hurt should i lie to her that it's not going to hurt i hate taking throat cultures <laughs> i'm going to tell her don't cry and she was like you know what it may hurt it may feel uncomfortable and i understand it's not fun I understand. So the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to sympathize. I'm going to feel her. And then I'm going to go into the next step. And then we're going to empathize. It's not going to be fun. Is there anything that you want that I can do to help you? Or being that I know my child, I told my child, I'm going to hold your hand while they're going to take the throat culture. And we'll count together. How long do you think it's going to take? 10 seconds or five seconds? And we actually had a game around it. It took five seconds from us, that um, growth culture. But it was something that she felt understood, accepted. It's okay to feel anxious at times. Mm. And she felt her mother understood her, went and built that relationship with that parent. And next time, does that mean she's not going to be nervous? No, she still may be anxious, but she's going to know it's okay. It's okay to feel anxious. And it's going to be okay should she need to take, and I hope she shouldn't need to take a throat culture again. But she knows that she can rely on her parents. And she knows that she could trust her parent because I didn't lie to her. I didn't tell her it's not going to hurt. I didn't tell her it's just going to take a second. I didn't tell her don't be a baby, right? We had validated those feelings. We tried to work through it and we moved on. Same thing in the classroom. Child is crying, early childhood classroom, he misses mommy. Don't cry, I'm here, mommy's coming soon. So mommy's coming soon is going to help the child now? Mm-hmm. No. Understand the child, the child is sad now. Let's work through that. And sometimes they do need that time. And just even moving up in the workforce is you have a colleague that is really upset at another colleague. How are you going to respond? You could just ignore and pretend that nothing had happened. 
But if you're looking to build a relationship and you're looking to understand or you are the manager or supervisor, it's you should step in. It's okay to be upset. Obviously, if it's within reasonable amounts, you know, working with the adults, now what can we do about it? Mm. Validate, let that feeling sit, move on to the next step. Don't let it sit too long. I mean, what a, a powerful paradigm shift, right? I feel like most times when people are feeling sad, when they're crying, there is this really strong need to be understood, right? To to feel like I'm being hurt. And uh, I, that is really, really powerful. I think I'm definitely going to apply more to my own parenting situation. I, I love it. I love it. So besides those examples in kind of the parenting classroom, I know you also work with corporate leaders and employees. So can you give us some examples or stories? You are such an amazing storyteller, like Puja right? the way you in, like you interact with people. I love it. I told her she should be speaking on TED stage, amazing speaker. And uh, so work on it. <laughs> so give us some examples where like after you work with a group of employees, you know, teach them soft skills, what are some tangible transformations that the employees are experiencing or maybe even the company are experiencing overall? So give us like a story or so. Lots of stories, right? So just a funny example is our goal is to build relationships and to understand that person, right? We're not looking to shut down the child because the child is crying or label the child as a crier, right? We're looking to take the next step to understand why is that child crying? So it was interesting. I had a boss once that reached out to me and I'm calling him a boss for a reason. He said, Toby, I'm the best boss. I was like, really? Tell me more. <laughs> He's like, well, every single Tuesday, I order sushi platters for my employees. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, isn't that amazing to me? I was like, do they eat sushi? Do they all like sushi? He's like, I don't know. I was like, I don't either know. And this makes you a great boss. And yeah, we delved into it. And interestingly enough, no, some of them, did not eat fish and some of them did not even eat rice and some of them did not like sushi great boss the importance is is you're going to build relationships mm -hmm. you must build relationships with your employees to help bring out their best get to know them i'm not telling you to get chummy best friends or to really get them to know them on a personal level know who they are each mm -hmm. each you're dealing with a human being over here you want this human being to give them their all you must give them your all. You must know their all, how to motivate them, how to communicate with them. And interestingly, communication sometimes is going to look different between employee A and employee B. We're not going to go into different personalities and all, but just understanding sometimes communication may look different. What's your feedback to them? How often do you give feedback? What does your feedback look like? Help them go on to that next level. You hired a great person, let them become best. Don't let them stay at great. And it's in the employers and bosses' hands to move them on to that next level, which is something that I find so, so important. I was working with, it, it's interesting because I was working with a company a few days ago. And what was very interesting, we were talking a little bit about feedback. Now, I work with employees and I work with the employer on that part. And employees gave me feedback that I shared with the boss. Boss gave me feedback that I shared with the employees, but they didn't know that it was coming from one another. Mm. Like, yeah, I love helping each other without them, you know, knowing where it's actually coming from and actually making that difference. It's when you're giving feedback, know how to give it. This employee couldn't hear that from the boss, was able to hear mm. it from me and vice versa. So the feedback that I got afterwards is like, Toby, what did you do to my boss? He changed. 
yay, that's what I wanted to hear. That's but amazing. that's really knowing how to bring out the person's best. Get to know the person. Get to know their love languages, the way they communicate. Get to know what makes them tick. This is what's so, so important. Just bringing sushi platters, not going to do it. Yeah, it feels like that. That's kind of what I feel. Many, you know, I'm familiar with the education space. What people do, it's like checkbox, right? So employee appreciation, purchasing pizza, sushi, check, right? Like at my school, like we used to do. I don't know if they still do it. Probably still. Many schools do this during exam period. All the students are feeling so stressed. They just bring dogs or cats, uh, like the students to pet the dogs and cats. I think it's great, but it's not really. Like you know, solving the root of the issue, right? It's just like like yeah, checkbox. Like a student's stress release. What we did, we we brought dogs and pets. Check. Yeah, yeah, we it, did it exactly, but without really like getting to the root of the problem, right? Like、uh, like what you mentioned, really understanding them. Like what do you need and what do you want? So that's a great example. Yeah. So that's you know that definitely plays a role across the board. Is really getting to know them, build the relationships, give them the skills and the know-how and the training. You want them to become better at time management or to become much more productive and efficient. My question is: Is what are you going to do about it, and how are you going to make sure it's going to work for them, not for you? Take yourself out of the picture for them. When you know that something's going to work for them, then it's going to work. If you're doing it your way. Yeah, I mean, like this is such a great answer for Pooja's question earlier. She was asking how to be a good leader. I think you just remove yourself out of the picture, really help your employees become the best, right? And listen to them. And really great tip of advice. And I know you know so many studies. You know, speaking of、uh, soft skills, can you share a few studies that? To educate us on the importance of soft skills, and I know you did a few videos on this and cited quite a few really powerful studies. I want everyone to hear this so that we can really drive this point home. Yeah, I actually appreciate that you brought up the Adobe study because it is the most recent study. Now that I heard you mentioned, it came out now October, November time. But there constantly are studies coming out there to show that it is actually the soft skills that are going to make a difference. LinkedIn as well, we had mentioned, had just had revealed that study going in over the year. There are different professors coming out from the colleges sharing as well, you know, saying the importance of soft skills and talking about that. And what I actually find is a very strong proof is if we take a look at the best, most well-read. Written books, they are focusing on the soft skills,、mm. right? Who didn't hear about how to influence, how to win friends and influence people? That's the soft skill approach that we're、mm. taking a look at, and I find that this is, you know, people like studies, and studies reveal a lot, but this shows the essence of the people of what really matters. If、mm. people are going out and buying these books in the droves, then it's going to tell you something, and it's not just how to win friends and Dale Carnegie. We mentioned Chris. Over the year, we mentioned、um, the Seven Habits of Highly in,、um, of, um, of Effective People. Sorry, so that's also a very powerful book out there. So all this is going to show you the power of the soft skills. How people are reading it, trying to build those soft skills, and really taking it to that next level. Yeah, totally. I know those are really great studies and books. Yeah, and you also mentioned there is like a study conducted by Harvard University, and seeing that eighty, either eighty or eighty-five percent of career achievement comes from soft skills, and only fifteen percent is actually from hard technical skills. I was really shocked. 
when I read the number, it was like, wow, 85%, that is huge, huge, right? Yeah, and we actually see it also, it was the 65%, um, and I don't remember which college had done that, but they said 65% of employees are going to leave jobs if they're unhappy because their employer is not treating them well. They could have a great salary, great benefits, great colleagues. Employer doesn't treat them well, they are going to leave. Forget about productive, they're going to leave. And we know what it means. When employees leave, it's not so simple. And generally, it's the better employees leaving. It's the employees that we don't want them to leave as well. And they're going to leave. Yeah. And that depends on their employer's soft skills. It's like, you got to hone up those skills because otherwise you're losing your people. And even if you're not losing your people, you're not getting the best out of them and they are not happy. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So going back to education, right? I wonder, like, you worked with uh, so many students, and from your uh, working experience with them, uh, what are some most missing skills among today's, you know, high schoolers, college age, kind of older who are ready for the career market? So, what are the most missing skills that you have observed? Interestingly, what I get called down for companies versus observation. I get that I call, I call I'm called down to companies to work on communication. And communication is tremendous. That, mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, covers the feedback, covers the active listening, the body language, all that is some of us are bored with the know-how, some of us are not. So we focus very heavily on that communication piece. Another tremendous big piece is time management. Time mm. management, whether that's getting the task done on time, arriving on time, making sure that you schedule appropriately and effectively, and making sure that you're using your time well. I actually just told them the digital manager is the average amount of a person spends on their phone, the average is three hours and 15 minutes a day. Average millennial, five hours. Wow. Do you know that? That's like, oh my gosh. So that's where you spend your time. You got to track that. And I was actually by a, I, I was giving a workshop. I made every single one of them take out their cell phone, make sure that either you download an app or you have a digital, it's called digital well-being on Android. Make sure you check that. Don't tell me I didn't have time or I left work late. I checked your work. You should be able to finish. You belong to leave at five o'clock. You shouldn't be leaving at 6.30. Not fair to you, not fair to your wife, right? Totally. I mean, there were there were times I check my phone. I was like, oh, my God, I spent eight hours on my phone today. No way. <laughs> what happened? It's, like, yeah. it's pretty important that like I feel like, you know, time tracking, whatever tracking is such a great way to build awareness. Right. Oftentimes people are making mistakes. They are doing this or that. They don't even know. It's like they're on autopilot. They don't even know they are doing it. Right. They don't even know they are just like being right. on the cell phone. So it's so important. This is something I'm working with my own children to track. What did you do this hour? Well, like, yeah, such such a great tip. Yeah, such a great now tip. You're homeschooling your children. My children don't have devices. Yeah. No devices. I want to talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. We'll play a game. Let's take out the rummy. Let's take out the light. Let's take out the monopoly. Let's do something so I can just talk over there. Because what I had noticed, especially going down to the schools, is sometimes the children will be mimicking whatever they are watching on their phones or their interaction, or sometimes their fingers would be twitching or they can't sit. And the lack of focus, which we have seen, you know, with the children that are having difficulty focusing, is because they are on their phones way too often or way too much. So that point is, and then it's affecting them at work. Of course they can't sit by a desk for more than 20 minutes. They never had to. They were either on the phone or always doing something or answering or running and coming. They didn't have to. 
you. And now you expect them to sit by your desk? Is We have to build that skills and that know-how in order to enable them to succeed out there. Totally, totally. Yeah, like we do use because we, we homeschool our children and they do use digital device. And actually, I coach them to do quite a few different projects. But I so agree with you. It's really important to have a good balance. And we try. We we So our family policy is like trust until you abuse my trust. Right. So we really trust our children to play and then like, you know, to do what they are supposed to do. And we recently called our kids. My older son, nine years old, he was supposed to do something, but he wasn't doing something. So we negotiated, we have a contract, right? So when he broke the contract, seven days, no computer. And it has been working. It's like we work with each other. I help you get what you want. You help us get what we want. You know, as a family, we need to make this homeschooling thing work. I'm learning. It's, it has been working well, like building a system, learning, working with them. And uh, but having a good balance is really important. Otherwise, they can. I love that spend their yeah, whole day I, doing yeah. yeah and i always say you must start with that awareness you must know that you need that balance right children nowadays are using technology they need the know-how how to use it but you must strike that balance i love it how you brought up negotiation because that's something that i work with my kids and i would tell them you know i would tell them i need the playroom clean but i'm open to negotiation in regards to when it should be done exactly let's talk exactly and they feel like they're being listened to right like you tell me what you want they were like i need this and i tell them what we want like how can we support each other to get what we want so this is a win-win happy family situation yes yeah soft skills yes yeah it's an important life skill right like influencing (laughs) each other negotiation negotiation. You know, your daughter asked me the other day if I'm open for negotiation once she told her to do something, I think. <laughs> and she's like, are you open for negotiation? My daughter asked her teacher, oh, class, I don't know exactly what went on. She's like, what are you teaching her? So the teacher's like, no, I told you to do it. So my daughter's like, okay, but if you're interested in negotiation, I'm right. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, because one thing I feel like I'm against uh, the traditional education model is that, uh, we position all of those teachers as sage on the stage, right? They are the absolute authority. Everything I say is in the bank, right? Nobody can challenge it. Nobody can can do anything against me. So it is nice that our children learn to negotiate because this is an important skill. You don't want them to bluntly just being so obedient, right? So I think it's it's nice that your daughter is negotiating. I would be happy if my students say, hey, Dr. I, I feel like different. I would be very happy to hear their perspective. And I think that's so important that you're bringing it up because sometimes I find that people are blindly following without using their heads, Mm. right? Is think through, is this the action that you actually believe and actually want? Then go with it, right? Is like nobody's studying for the test, so maybe I shouldn't either study for the test. Or everybody's going out to party. I'm also going out to party. But my question is, is I'm not saying right or wrong. Did you think through that action, right? Think for yourself. Don't follow the herd mentality. And that falls through with the soft skills is going back and you're negotiating with yourself. You're communicating with yourself. Soft skills works with yourself also, not just interaction with other people, but it's really making sure that you're doing what you should be doing and not just following that box or the expectations that they have of me. You should have your own expectations as well. Don't follow those expectations that people have of you. People expect you to become a writer eventually. If you don't want to, if you feel you have other talents, don't feel compelled to follow that. Maybe Absolutely. listen, clear it out, 
Oh, so this is such a great point because most of the students I work with, they are just so lost. They have no idea what they want to do because guess what? They spend their entire life listening to advisors, teachers, everybody else telling them what they need to do. And their heart is like, it's numb, you know, like from lack of use for a long time, just like uh, falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. So here's a great comment from Phil. Thank you for joining us live, talking about trust. Trust your children and um, uh, until you have a reason not to. That's exactly what we, what we are trying to teach our children, right? When you say something, we keep our words, we don't break the promise, and then there is consequence. And speaking of trust, I recently, I don't know if you know her, Toby, I recently interviewed uh, Esther Wojcicki. She's known as the godmother of Silicon Valley. She has three amazing daughters. One is the CEO of YouTube. The other one is the CEO of 23andMe. The other one is, and the third one is a doctor. So she has this method, which I love, it's called TRIC. So T stands for trust and uh, respect and independence, collaboration and kindness. So that is her method. So I love that, you know, you also like this, like kind of trust your children. Yeah, yeah. So we are just kind of wrapping this up. What a great conversation. I think uh, earlier there's a question from uh, from Pooja and uh, she is loving everything you have mentioned so far, Toby, and uh, give us some tips for personal growth. And I love this. I personally feel like personal development is such an important discipline. And I don't know why it is now covered in the traditional school curriculum. It is so important, right? We spend so much time learning all those like historical figures. I think we need to spend an equal amount of time cultivating ourselves, right? So give us some advice, you know, growing the self, like books or tips that you recommend or resources. Awesome, I love that question. And I think it's such a great question. My first stop is I would ask you, Pooja, and really I would ask everyone, do you know yourself? Mm. What triggers you, what you like, what mm. you dislike, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what makes you excited? Once you know your likes, can you build from there and focus on that? Phenomenal books out there, but focus on the things that you want to do you feel you are good at because that's what's going to bring happiness to you and a feeling of self-fulfillment. As we shared before, you can be open to others' opinions, but take a look first deep into yourself. What do I like to do? I love to teach, right? I love to get out in front of the classroom and just to talk and to share and to build those relationships. We can see it. You love teaching. We can see it. I love the passion. Thank you. So I know that this is what I like. This is what works for me. I have a daughter and she saw me once prepping for a workshop. She's like, Mom, I would never do that. I feel stupid. I was like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you have to do what you want to do, right? And that's what's very important is get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Be aware. Once you're aware, you can take the next step. I love to teach. Now, what books are out there? Great books out there for teaching or for talking or for sharing. I love focusing on building those relationships. What books can I do? I, and then make sure to set goals for yourself. You mm. want to grow? Set goals. Have somebody hold you accountable. Set goals for yourself. Check in with yourself. Toby, I push you to do a TED Talk. What are you going to do about it? Set those goals to get there, which are so, so important. You are not going to grow unless you are aware. You know yourself. You hold yourself, but you have those goals. And either you hold yourself accountable or somebody else does. I'm not saying that you necessarily need a coach or a mentor. Those are great. We're not going to go into that. 
but make sure that somebody's holding you accountable. Some people say my children are holding me accountable. Great. But make sure that you have that accountability format in there and you've got to believe in yourself. You'll believe in yourself once you know who you actually are and you know your skills and you know those talents. Oh my God, like so many, so many, so many great tips. And first, you know, understanding who you are, the core value is so important. When students join my program, the first thing we do is like we do personality value assessment to really know who you are. And then the next one is to explore career options that are in alignment with your core values, right? Most people don't do that. That's why this misalignment is making people feel miserable at their jobs, right? Myself included before I resigned. It's such a great point and I love, I think if you can definitely work with a coach or mentor, I think it's very hard to rely on myself, to hold myself accountable. I tried it, maybe I'm not super committed or disciplined. It is hard, it is very, very hard. Don't do it. People like say, oh, yeah, I can do it. I can. Don't do it. Really? It is so much better. You know, I'm actually in two coaching programs right now. And I just can't, I'm constantly thanking everyone in the group because when other people are doing this, they feel like, oh my God, they're all doing the homework. I need to catch up. You need that sense of pressure, especially you have a life, you know, so many things. And uh, if without this coaching program, I would just be like, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah, like watch a movie, relax, chill, who cares, right? Like when you have someone, hey, Toby, you know, tech, how, how is it going? You you have that responsibility and pressure to actually follow through your own words. So I so agree. I so agree. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. wow, what, what a, a fascinating conversation. And I really want to kind of this show is really uh, the, the overarching theme, really inspired by Seth Golden, my interview with him. What is school for? I always ask to... I always like to ask my guests this question, right? Like, what do you think are the missing links in education, especially in soft skills? And if you can, like, what are some courses that we should incorporate? Like, what can we do to really help our children and develop those important, like, skills? Like, either in school, in terms of curriculum, or at home for those parents who are homeschoolers or for young people who are working on who they are themselves, like some tangible actions that we can do to really build our self soft skills muscle awesome oh i wish it's going to go out there and everybody's going to say hey yeah we got to start working on the soft skills the first question really is the first answer that i would say is introduction to soft skills what are soft skills why are they important Mm -hmm. how do we see their importance and not stop over there is i want them to find out why they think it's important I want them to believe in the power of soft skills, and then we can move on to that next level of soft skills over there. What are soft skills? How do you use it in your daily life? And how can we help you hone those soft skills? And then moving onwards, it's focusing mm-hmm. on individual soft skills that are going to help you really focus and be aware of what those skills are. What does time management look like? What does productivity actually look like? Right? Mm-hmm. And to know that that's a soft skill. And Going back to, you know, that feedback and to that piece that is so important, communication. How do you communicate? You're going to communicate differently to your teachers and to your parents than with your colleagues and with your students or children. It's a different type of communication, similar, though different. Going on to creativity. How can we build creativity? Yes, people are born more creative than others. Every single person can hone that creativity. 
And that's what's important for them to know. It's something that they could learn. We send them out for phys ed, for gym time, but why aren't we using gym time on their capacities that they can on those soft skills and really making that creativity so much more flexible than it currently is, right? Is having the children, I actually did an activity with children and it's interesting to see with early childhood youngsters. I put a box of various materials on the table in front of them and a plain piece of paper, go, do whatever you want. Mm. And it was amazing to see. Coming older, it's like, I don't know, I don't know, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know, I don't know. And just leaving it like that. No, hone creativity. I tell every single early childhood teacher, you want, you're teaching something, you want the child to respond to what you're teaching, or you're asking a question, you start with a plain white piece of paper. There's no wrong answers over here. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody to draw the picture, to create, to write, to do whatever they want. No wrong answers. And that's something that's very important for our students to know. Comes to soft skills, no wrong answers. For some people, when it comes to time management, time blocking works amazingly well. For others, they need more flexibility, but they need that accountability factor and they need to manage their time. They use Toggle, which I find is extremely, extremely helpful to just track time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You got to know yourself, you got to know what works for yourself over there. And I think that this is something that once you know yourself and then you know what skills you want to focus on. You can hone in, but for schools, is give them the foundation that they need. You don't want the educators and the politicians and the business owners out there not knowing how to manage their emotions and having everybody walk around on eggshells because they don't know how to handle their anger. That's the school's problem. Grant appearance as well. That's the education problem that's out there. I know I'm getting excited. I love <laughs> it. Passionate, but the frustration is there. It's as a parent, as an educator, as anybody who has the capabilities to teach youngsters, or if you are just a supervisor at work, it's up to you to give the people those particular skills. Nobody um, should be walking around with eggshells. Nobody should say I'm not creative enough. Nobody should mess up a body language when somebody's really angry and all of a sudden it's like, why do you want to talk? Why do you want to talk? Is everything okay? Is everything okay? No, nothing's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so, God. Yeah. So powerful. I have nothing else to add. You know, you you nailed it. Like everything, like so powerful. I I so agree. I also love you mentioned like the free play a lot, like no right or wrong answer. Yeah. And which also reminds me, you know, speaking of the corporate environment, I read this article as I was preparing for our interview. Even though we mentioned earlier, soft skills are 85%, you know, predicting a person's career success. And most companies are investing, you know, the rewards were like 10% of their, you know, like of their budget in terms of helping their employees developing soft skills. They spend like 80% developing their doing training on hard skills. So it's like rewards, right? This is the important part, but most people are looking at this 20%. So really, really interesting. Great tips. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, here... Uh, I think our, our friend uh, Suzanne Spanner is here and very important to uh, yeah get to know yourself. So a uh, great thank you for joining us live. And uh, so yeah, going to what we said earlier, Phil talked about you know accountability, right? You need someone, a mentor, a coach to push you, right? Hey, you can do it, Phil. You can do it. Ah, uh, you can do it, Toby. To b- believe in you. Like I actually had a kid in my program. 
he was uh, in a very bad emotional state. And uh, so I just, I didn't do anything. I just believed in him unconditionally. And uh, that made a huge difference in his life. He said, Dr. I, I never had anyone who believed in myself so much. That's what I did. It was so easy. I said, you could do it. You could do it just unconditionally. And that changed his life. I mean, I was like, wow, do you like everyone? I feel like could do it. Yeah. But anyway, amazing conversation. I know I can just chat with you forever, my friend. I, I'm getting exciting myself so share with us where can people learn more about you and you also have your bite-sized workshop which is fascinating so share with us yeah so generally you can find me on linkedin you can find me on my website uh i see you just posted that so these are the best places to go ahead to reach me and i'm looking forward to hearing from you yeah yeah awesome any parting piece of advice regarding like soft skills you know cultivating those that you want to share with us yes these hard these soft skills are going to lead you with hard results i heard that saying once and i said go for it start working on that there are no regrets it's something that you'll be happy love it i love it great and i just love this conversation thank you so much my friend thank and, you uh, yeah thank you, I did. thank you so much awesome. uh, I, know I, know. Go I know like two hours right i uh, thank you so much everyone for julia's live from all over the globe i really appreciate you all and uh so next week there's no show because we are celebrating thanksgiving in the united states and so i'll be seeing you in two weeks and don't miss me too much <laughs> and make sure you guys check out toby who is so amazing and thank you so much everyone have an amazing weekend bye thank you